Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello. Hi everyone. And today we are not reviewing a book. What we're going to be doing is something extra special. Um, I mentioned recently that um, if you become a Patreon supporter of me and Juliana. Most of our Patreon um, things are about uh, juggling. It's all about, you know, supporting us being jugglers and supporting us doing fight night combat and supporting video essays and all these other, and the juggle, you get the juggling podcast there as well. But uh, of course, with the COVID-19, I thought, hey, let's just mention this on the SFBRP. And uh, we've had a few people support us, which is really great. Thank you so much. One of the levels of support is the $25 per month, or you can just boost your level of support up to $25. And you trigger a level of support called called You Pick the Topic. And the idea of this is that uh, really with the juggling podcast, me and you, Liana, it's really easy with books to find a new book to read. We just like read the next book. There's no set schedule, as it always says. Um, But with juggling, we decided to do a monthly podcast. And the thing is, having somebody to uh, recommend a new topic for us to talk about is actually very handy to have somebody (laughs) do that. So we thought we would monetize a job, which then we don't have to do ourselves, which is think up new topics. But I said, hey, if you want to support us at the um, as an SFBRP listener, we'll also do the same thing with the idea, with the concept is that if you recommend a book, as long as it's not a book that you want us to hate read and hate review. Another rant. Another yeah, you're rant. Not, you can't just pay for me, pay me to read a book that I'm not going to enjoy for 20 hours or 10 hours or, you know, a thousand pages of novel that I don't like. Um, but I'll give a book a go. And uh, a few people have taken me up on that. Again, uh, it, the, the books will come into the queue in the future as I get audible credits or as I... Uh, uh, or as Juliana has time, if we're going to, Juliana's also going to do it. But we had one person um, support us recently, and he said, hey, I'm thinking of starting a um, a science fiction or fantasy book review podcast myself. Do you have any guide, or have you done, like, an episode about how you do it and why you do it and, you know, what are your thought processes behind doing it? And I said, no, I don't. I, I've never done that before. I said, um, but I said... Uh, uh, I'll do a podcast about it, and uh, and then this this person said, "Hey, well, I'll shall, I'll become a um, uh, a Patreon supporter," and so he has. So joining us today on the podcast, special guest Siddharth. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, Luke. Hi, Juliana. Thank uh, you. Hi. And you are a professor um, uh, from the United States, is that right? That's uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, you say originally from India. Where from India are you from? So I am from uh, South India, uh, yeah. Madras, India, and then I came to the U.S. for graduate studies, and now I'm a computer science professor. Right. Cool. As okay. cliche as it sounds. Yes, okay. <laughs> but you just said something, because we've just been chatting for half an hour before we started doing this, uh, actually started doing the podcast recording, and you said um, that one thing, uh, I'll put it this way, uh, back on my episode 100, I was talking about learning new skills up until the point and how new skills are helpful. And I said doing the Science Fiction Book Review podcast was, as an entertainer, it's useful to be able to compose thoughts in my brain and to be able to say them out loud in a structured way and to be entertaining and have good, interesting things and analysis to say. And that really rang true with you. So you t- tell me what you're looking for here with this so- uh, podcast. Yeah, thanks for uh, prompting me on that. So absolutely, I think that uh, in today's day and age, especially in the aftermath, or as we are going through the the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, one of the required skills that uh, 
folks in my profession, which is basically teaching and conducting research and being able to present their research, uh, uh, one of the important skills that's going to become required is basically to be able to talk to an audience without having the audience in front of them. Yeah. And yeah, um, in your episode in SFBRP 100, you said that as an entertainer, you know, giving a, giving you a giving you a topic and put you in front of a mic without anybody, you should be able to talk about it. And I feel that uh, you know practicing that skill through a hobby can actually uh, benefit uh, me in in my profession of being able to develop online content, which I'm going to be expected to do in my lecturing, in my teaching. Uh, in the future, in fact, in the present, and of course, in the future too. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Yeah, it's really good, and it's really good to to think about how to uh, uh, evolve in this in this uh, weird situation, and then making it a, a learning a new skill and benefiting from it in the future. That's really clever. Yeah. Um, so let's go back over the reasons why, again, I think in episode one, I've talked about this and I've talked about this throughout the podcast as well, but I'm going to go through again, just off the top of my head. I don't have a lot of notes or anything, but the reasons why I do the science fiction book review podcast. Now, another thing that I want to say straight away is, um, as now <laughs> someone who's accidentally a professional game designer, and uh, and I've done a lot of analysis of game design. I've you know I've organised lots of competitions and things like that. I run a sports league with Fight Night Combat, which is the juggling sport as well. One thing that you've always got to consider when you're putting together a new system or you're creating a new system is incentives. And incentives are like the the most important thing for me that I can set myself. And an incentive just doesn't isn't can't just be do a good job because that isn't a, that isn't an incentive that's a that's a goal you know to be able to do a good job is a goal so for me with with doing the podcast i had to kind of like work out what my incentives were and also work out what my negative incentives were what are the things that are going to stop me doing this long term and what are the things that are going to keep me doing this long term uh or maybe not long term, just at all. Or maybe, you know, you can do this. So I'm going to talk about some some other podcasts that I did, which uh, I don't do anymore, which I've done a few of. For example, there was one, the original juggling podcast, um, which I was doing as a project that me and uh, uh, Paula could do, my previous girlfriend could do. Um, it was we could chat together, but also it was a way to talk to interesting jugglers who normally you might not get a good conversation with. You know, the incentive was to find interesting people to talk to, you know, so it becomes an interview show. I'd find jugglers to talk to, talk to them about their life, their performing, some concept, but I'd also find non-performers. So for example, there was one person who was a human movement scientist um, from, uh, and so I talked to him about, you know, juggling and the cognitive of juggling and the, and like, you know, how using ju juggling as a research tool and things, you know, and lots of, I talked to lots of people about lots of different topics there. Um, but one, uh, but here's the thing, that was a really good incentive, but then uh, it was difficult because each episode we had to find a new topic and we had to, I had to find a new person to interview. Like half of them were topics, half of them were interviews. And it was always this thing like, oh, can I interview? Yeah, you can. And then it would be like a big faff around and it would take scheduling. time. Yes, yeah, scheduling stuff and all the interviews. And this was before Skype was a really easy thing to do and recording on Skype. So it was all meeting people at juggling festivals or uh, organizing times to meet up with people and talking to people or maybe sometimes on the phone and things. Um, it was great, but also the incentives played backwards. And that was the idea of um, 
do like you've always got to find a new person to talk to and that can work if your show format is i talk to a different i do have a different co-host every time or i have a different guest each time and i talk to them about there it works really great to be able to give you new things to talk about each episode but also it's very difficult to do because you've got to find somebody new to talk to every episode the other thing you can do is make it into a news, like a news thing. So to, to get a new thing to talk about each episode, it could be like based on what's happening at the moment. And there's lots of fan podcasts in science fiction that'll do that. They'll talk about the latest books to come out, like yeah. the latest awards. And like this person talked about this over there. And it's very much like the like the scene. It's like based in the scene or based yeah. in the news. It feels like a, a meta kind of level of yeah. uh, reviewing something or talking about something. And that's great because you can always find new things to talk about because there's always like a latest argument on Twitter or this person's been cancelled or this person's yeah. released a book and it's controversial. Like there's always new things to find to talk about. However, I find those interesting to listen to at the time, but I like podcasts where there's one topic and there's no news and they can just talk about it. And then later on you can go back. There's some, I, I really enjoy movie podcasts, which aren't about movies in general or aren't about what's coming up or what's coming out. They talk about one movie for the entire length of the podcast and then that's it. And then there's other movie podcasts like uh, like the BBC podcast, the movie podcast with uh, Mayo and Kermode and Mayo, which I've been listening to for decades now, them talking about movies. What I like about that is that they're talking about the latest movies to come out. So there is sort of like a, 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 a format there of either news or one specific thing. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. So um, I remember that in one of your episodes, I think it was episode 100 or maybe it was one of those, uh, you know, the bonus or the and half episodes yeah. where you mentioned that uh, the way you think about your episodes and the way you plan your your uh, podcast is so much so that it is it's timeless and, and it can yeah. stay in, in a capsule. Uh, the the fan based or the the paparazzi kind of or the news space po podcast that you talked about yeah uh, it might talk about some things but it might prove to be a little uh, dated in in a in a couple of weeks if I listen to it if I have to like catch up if I have yeah. to be in the know listen to it like news when I'm driving it's it perfectly serves the purpose yeah but uh, I've been listening to uh, to podcasts from SFBRP which are as early as I think 2009 and yeah. I still find that the content is uh, you know I can still pick up that book I can find that book and yeah. see hey do I agree with Luke or not well and that's the thing and I I always wanted to the thing that I can be talked about is a timeless and a novel is a timeless thing there's very few times I guess the I guess one of the things that it isn't timeless about novels is when you're reading a series and the the last book in the series isn't out yet uh what's that one with um was it uh not Old Man's War. No, no, I'm getting things. No, um, The Name of the Wind. That's the one I'm thinking about. Name of yeah, the Wind. Patrick yeah, Patrick Rothfuss, the Rothfuss. third book. We're all waiting for Doors of Stone. Yeah. It's been yeah. nine years or something like that. Yes. So, and I think you very uh, you epic. mentioned that he's made enough money in the first two books that he's yeah. so slow talk, getting Talk about incentives. Book. Talk about incentives. You, you can totally see this. Oh, yeah, I think I might have mentioned that on the John Scalzi episode. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's in my head because we did the John Scalzi episode. Like the incentives that John Scalzi has to write a good book it, it's his incentives are mismatched. Like his publisher has given him the wrong incentives. He has to publish a book per year and it's rubbish. Whereas uh, Patrick Rothfuss, he's got the opposite incentives. He's just been given all the time he needs. Unlimited the, time. Unlimited time to create the third book. 
And it doesn't even matter. Again, I probably won't even read it if it comes out now because, like, I don't remember the first two books enough. I, re- I remember enjoying them mostly, I guess. I don't even remember. Um, I but, can read them. Was that? No, I, don't. You, would, no. you wouldn't read them. No, you, there's no reason for you to read the books. Again, they, they were really great books nine years ago. Now I'm not even sure they're good books anymore because so many of the I, things that he was doing or saying or writing were 2009 he was writing 2009 books and these days science fiction has moved on a huge amount in the last 10 years Mm -hmm. so um so i think that there might be a few things which aren't entirely timeless about the science fiction book review podcast but i do always want to make it about one thing so if you read that book you can go and find out what my opinion was on the at the time you know my opinions have changed over the last 10 years i'm sure my attitudes and outlooks have changed over the last 10 years i, should, well, I don't know what i'm saying 10 years it's 12 years really isn't it <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i started at the beginning of 2008 um wow. so so yeah it's a long time so yeah that's one of the things you've got to think about in terms of doing a podcast like do you want it to be timeless, which is fine, or do you want it to be like timely? And you're talking about like it's much more about what's happening now. And again, in my own podcast listening, I actually like both, but I don't like them mixed together. If you know what I mean, like I mm-hmm. there are some podcasts I listen to, they do a whole news section and then they do a main topic, and it can work. But when it, if I want to go back and listen to an old one, I'm skipping forward thirty minutes of the start of the podcast and just listening to the main topic. Yeah. And I wanted like I only ever want to be like maybe five minutes of introduction and catching up on Luke and Yuli Allen's life at the t- at the start and then we can get into it and maybe five minutes at the end but it depends what it is so yeah. that's I think yeah. though if if you're if you're your focus in the podcast would be something like the news podcast and you would be seeing it more like an archive where you actually like sometimes you see these uh, photographs that people took just of general uh uh, everyday life in, yeah. in, in the streets this can also be like a, a time uh, a time, capsule, like time yeah. capture in its own right that if you yeah. if people in the future listen back, back to how people felt uh, in the time when they the news happened they then have uh, a reference and then they have like an archive about this but then that needs to be your incentive in that way that that is what you want to do yeah so, and because of this, naming of the podcast, uh, of the individual episodes, I just want to I just want to uh, go over to The Incomparable, which is a podcast I actually really like. And The Incomparable has names like this. To Quantity, what's that episode about? No idea. Quantum Physics Training Montage, what's that episode about? No idea. The Years Have Pants, what's that about? No idea. Sorry, Ocean, what's that about? No idea. You know, so every single time that you want to listen to one of these podcasts and find out about it, you pretty much have to go to The Incomparable website and do a search on their database and you can't just look through the episodes and know what they're talking about. And that's, why, the title. that's yeah. why every single episode that I do, the title has everything in there. It has SFBRP, it has the episode number, it has the name of the author, the episode, uh, sorry, the, the, book, the book, the book title. And these days, uh, I say these days, it's probably been half the run of the podcast. I also put the series in there as well, just to make it a little bit easier to look through. So the last one that we did is Peter of Hamilton, Salvation Lost, Salvation Sequence number two. And it's like super, super, super clear which order they come in and what is the main content of there. So that's that's a little bit of advice. Talking about naming, um, I just went for the Google juice, really. Uh, back back in the day, like I started podcasting so so much earlier than like most most podcasters. I mean, I guess I know that there's other podcasters who have been 
have have podcasts longer, like older than 12 years old, but it's something that I've done and stuck with. And at the time, I looked around, did some Googling, and I was like, what should I call my science fiction book review podcast? And I type it in and like, there's nothing else. So for many years now, I've just had that, that Google juice on, on iTunes or whatever it is. And it can be, it can be really easily searched for if somebody knows what it, that it's called. It's called the SFBRP, Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. Or even if it isn't, they don't know what they're looking for. They're just sort of like, oh, I want book reviews all about science fiction in a podcast, you know. So it is very, very boring. But it is it does exactly what it says on the tin. And because I always thought of this podcast as a resource for readers, a resource for interested people, I want to make it as easy for people to find this resource as possible and also as easy for them to find what they want inside it as possible. Um, so that is what I'd say. Again, it, it's uh, the, the idea or the... Um, I think actually, here's the thing. I don't mind podcasts with quirky titles for their for their episodes when it's like a news podcast or it's like, a, you know, it's like a bit more um, disposable in that way. Like they say, the BBC movie podcast, they don't even give it a, a name. They'll just sort of like, oh, yeah, we talked to this actor. So it'll just be called, um, I don't know, Tom Hanks episode October or whatever it is like that. And that's it. And you're like, great, because I'm never actually going back through the back catalog to, to search it, to find it out or whatever. It's because it's sort of like disposable something oh, I'm listening to this episode this week. I'm going to listen to it at some point this yeah. week anyway. Yeah. Or if I if I let a backlog get, build up, it's totally fine. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's, a, there's, there's that kind of uh, thing. Let me get into something else, though. I want to kind of almost go through word by word of my podcast introduction because it's been the same literally since episode two. Like, it, it's very, very rarely changed. Uh, and it's, uh, hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. I always say that up straight because it's, it's like I say, it's all about the naming. My name's Luke Burridge, and I put myself right there at the start. I often introduce Juliana, but not at that point. No. Um, and then I say, it, it's the, uh, well, and this is the podcast where I review every single science fiction book that I read. And that's really clear. Like at the start, I didn't review fantasy books. Um, but I do now, uh, and you know, after the first year, Sometimes. yeah. Well, no, when I, whenever I read a fantasy book, yeah. I will review it. Yeah. At the start, in the first year, I didn't, but it only took me a year to go. Oh, actually, this is the same kind of thing. Like it fits in here as the like SF, you know, SFF, uh, SFF kind of idea, like yeah. the science fiction fantasy, and every book that I review. So it just straight away, it's very clear that I'm not talking about movies, although sometimes we do. Not talking about comic books, although again we have done in the past. Like we're not talking about series. We're not talking about short stories. It's a book. It's a novel length thing. So uh, again, I could have said the science fiction novel review podcast, but book is enough. Like sometimes we'll do a short story collection, but not. But I always make that very clear. Like again, people know what they're getting into. And the incentive for me in that case is that it, it's very clear that I don't need to talk about movies. I don't need to talk about all these other kind of things which could be associated with it. And when people go, oh, you're going to do a podcast about this. Like, yeah, if it's like a really, really meaningful movie or we'll do a, a, a novel versus movie, uh, you know, like maybe we'll do that when the when the new Dune movie comes out or something like, you know, like we'll, we'll maybe we'll go back and do uh, the new Dune versus Dune or like that. Um so yeah, it's, it's if actually, I could interject, yeah, I think Timothy Chalamet, uh, I think seeing him as Paul 
is yep. a much better age description of the character than okay. all the past representations. Here's the thing. No, no. I don't watch trailers. There's no reason. Oh, that's for... right. You There's... guys close your tra- yeah, close your I, eyes I, when you. I, I yes. literally close my eyes and stick my fingers in the. Oh, of course, we don't need to worry about it now. But yeah. there's this new movie, new. Um, uh, Tenet this no, Nolan thing and they keep and every yeah, time yeah. I'm watching something and it, it keeps coming up and I'm like la 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 don't want it and it's an unskippable ad when I'm watching it on the yeah. Twitch stream like la la don't talk about it it's like I know I now know who the main actor is but otherwise I don't know anything about it no I love going into movies without knowing anything about it anyway, oh, that's what, another thing I have seen you do uh, well, you're pretty neat at PUBG oh uh, yeah well <laughs> I do a little bit of gaming yeah so um so here's the thing, like, yeah, what's the next line? Um, I read every single science fiction book when I read, uh, when I, as I read it, or when I was, what is it? When I, when I read it. Um, uh, when I read, as yeah. I read no, it. No, every science fiction book that I read, that as I read, I read it. As now, I read it. now, here's something very important. I don't have a set schedule for this podcast. Now we do for our juggling podcast, but that's a Patreon thing. And that is actually intentional that we said, you give us money, you get one podcast from us per month. Jugglers, this is for juggling people. You get one podcast from us for per month, and that's fantastic because that's an I incentive. A, for I us. have a pointer yeah. for the science fiction book review listeners. Yeah, I was absolutely, uh, you know, I could be as far from juggling as one could imagine, <laughs> but after listening to uh, Luke's podcasts and watching a bunch of his videos, so please go check it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have been binging uh, Luke's channel on YouTube. Uh, ad nauseum for the last um, uh, three to five days and yeah. trying to pick up strategies on combat on how different <laughs> people do different things. Uh, the, the best the best combat uh, dueler, he has a certain strategies because he's super tall and lanky yeah. and he can whack everyone's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, things off. And other people have other strategies where they try to always flip their back as soon as someone sees yeah. an attack coming so yeah, they can they keep everything in yeah. But anyway, yeah. we digress. Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying that like the incentive for me. So lots of people, when they're giving podcast advice, they say, be regular, always do a regular podcast every Thursday morning, put out a podcast or like every Tuesday evening or twice a week or three times a month or two times a month or whatever it is, like get onto a schedule and then people know what to expect and they're happy when it arrives. I know for me that would be hell because it would mean I would have to read one book per month or I'd read two books per month or one book per week or whatever the schedule that you're going to set yourself up, which is great if you're a movie podcast because it's very easy to watch one movie per week. Like yeah. you can do it. You can, you can definitely find time one week every week, like sorry, continuously week after week to watch one movie because it's going to be, you know, two hours or maybe three hours to sit down, watch the movie, collect your thoughts. And then you can do a podcast about it, which is fine. Like we watch movies pretty often. We watch TV. Everyone can find time to do that. Um, But with book reviews, like reviewing books, a lot of people, like for me, I used to read a lot more. When I was younger, I used to, we were actually just talking about this recently, weren't we? A few days ago. We mentioned that uh, like I read way less because, but when I was like 19 or 20 or 22 or like whenever I was university or left university at work, like in the evening, I would lay down in bed and there was no, I didn't have a phone to flick through and read Twitter or watch YouTube videos and things like that. No, I read a book and yeah. every evening I would read yeah. a book and we were talking about going on holiday. We'd go on holiday and just, you'd sit on the beach and read yeah. a book. You have you have a, a suitcase full of books just by itself and yeah. then some clothes. Yeah. So, yes. And, and uh, if I could, you know, relate to a similar experience, uh, 
I I come from a similar uh, I think background where we didn't have smartphones or cell phones even for the matter yeah. when I was when I was younger in the 90s and uh, you know coming from India when we used to go on vacation one of the the most famous things is taking the train the train is this yeah. really long train yeah and uh, the two things I would do is uh, I would make sure I have uh, a set of comics packed for yeah. the night when we get in because I'm not going to be I'm going to be tired enough after all the packing and getting to the the station to get in that I'm not going to be able to read a book. But the the following day, which will be a 12-hour chunk uh, for the to and the fro journey, I would ensure that I have one book each because I don't want the ooh, it's so yeah. long yeah. to overcome that. I get I would usually lose myself in the yeah. book and then I'm there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that for me was very important. That like. I used to read a lot, and when I started off this podcast, it was in that time, you know, before social media or like what 2008. It was sort of like you yeah, know, was... Facebook was kicking in, and other, and social media was kicking in. But it, YouTube wasn't a big thing yet. You know, you could oh. run out of things to watch and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, early, so yeah. Uh, as I was starting off, I was like, oh, maybe I'll read one book per month, or well, no, like two books per month, or three, but whatever the schedule. But I realized that setting a schedule was going to be too difficult to myself. So that's something like. Do you want to incentivize regular content, um, and uh, and or do you want to or do you want to incentivize making it easy for you? So in my case, I realized to make it easy for me, and this is after a year or a, a year and a half of doing um, doing juggling podcasts. By then, you know, this was actually as I said, there were some other podcasts that I did. Juggling podcast was one of them. Um, yeah, so I did. I did. Uh, I started this podcast, and very, very specifically, even from the first episode, said, "There's no set schedule. If I read two books in two days, you're getting two episodes in two days. Like you're not. I'm not waiting. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to do the podcast and put it out. And if I don't read a, a novel for a month and a half, well, that's it as well. And and I think people having that right there in the podcast introduction, in the in the opening spiel, in the opening blurb of my. Um, of my uh, uh, of my podcast, it it makes it very clear for me what my incentives are, and also makes it very clear to to the audience. I do the podcast and stick it up on the podcast feed for you all to download and hopefully enjoy, or whatever I say there as for well. Everyone to download and listen to. Uh, everyone to download and listen to. But the, here's the other thing that I am doing this very much so for me because one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I wanted people to have a conversation. I wanted to have conversation about science fiction stuff with. And I lived around the corner from a, a bookshop, and there was two or three people there who I could talk to about science fiction books. And uh, and the owner of the bookshop, uh, Sophie, she had a, a you know she was very well read and had some. She was into the Malazan Book of the Fallen uh, series as well. She was like, oh, you should read this. I was like, look, there's twelve books in the series and it's not finished <laughs> yet. And I was like, I'll get to it someday. And I think I'm three novels into it, so I'm actually, yeah, I should okay. actually carry on with that. Um, but yeah, there's, there was a few people I could talk to, but again, once you, once you go through, ah, you've read that book and I read that book, then we can talk about it. But after like six months of those conversations, you're like, Hmm, I need other people now to talk to about this. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to talk to other people or hear other people's opinions about these books, but I realized that the conversations and the insights and the things that I had to say about science fiction books was things that other people I was having conversations with were interested in. Like, like I'm not trying to show off that, oh, I'm a good conversationalist, but I was realizing that they were telling me stuff that I was interested about the books that they've read. And I was telling them stuff, things that they were interested in about the books that I read. And I was like, oh, I can have my half of the conversation without the other person. And to be able to be the voice in other people's ears 
to be able to share a reading experience or a book experience with other people. Like, so they can, they can, they, I'm not getting their half of the conversation, but they can hear my half of the conversation about a book that they've read. So it is for other people, but also it's very much for myself. Like I'm doing this podcast for me to enjoy. And there's other reasons I, I do the podcast as well to get into it. But yeah, it's partly so I can have a fun conversation. Of course, now Juliana's, oh yes, carry on. You say. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that the, the last uh, few hundred episodes or so, um, it's interesting uh, because Juliana has joined the conversation and uh, many a time she asks questions that someone who has who's probably listening to the podcast has that same exact question. Yeah. And uh, and you're able to answer it um, uh, uh, immediately. Uh, yeah. So uh, I can remember, for instance, the uh, the most recent episode with the with John Scalzi, she was trying to play the devil's advocate when Luke was absolutely trashing the book by asking, hey, w w why wouldn't that have been John Scalzi's, uh, um, uh, you know, intent to, to make you visualize all those scenes yeah. using information, uh, which actually very well led to the meta point that you were talking about is trying to, is that people are interested in the Twitter conversations more they are more more than they are of the actual actual story. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not as well spoken as you two, so I take hey, some no, time yeah. in, uh, really in, um, in phrasing my sentences. But uh, but yeah, that's the that so so Juliana plays a, a vital role now in 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 asking those questions that uh, that the listener would have. Well, yeah. here's the thing. Uh, the question like for a long time I actually just looked up you said the last few hundred episodes. Yeah, we're like four hundred and 427, 28 episodes in. And I always thought, and we mentioned this before, that in my head, Juliana is like a recent addition to the podcast. No, she's been I, there from 150 or something. Yeah, like, she's like, been yeah, there for I just looked a, a good from, half of the year. Yeah, half 168. Of the so it's it's like a third of the podcast, or a third of the podcast episodes, but that was in 2012. So yeah, it's pretty much like four years of me doing it by myself. And then eight years of me doing it with you, Liana. So like, yeah, so she's been half there for of the life of episodes. Yeah, two thirds. It's like two thirds of the podcast yeah, that, thirds, yes. that we've talked about now that we, that we've been on. Well, actually you've not been on all of those podcasts, no, but you, you've, you've been on some of them at the start. So here's the thing. I always like to be able to talk about a book without spoilers. And again, I don't want to get into the spoiler conversation, but I think if you're good at talking about something, you can talk about it and make all the points that you need to make or want to make without telling everybody what happens because if someone's read the book they know what's happened and so yeah you can just talk talk about it uh, and they can just pick up on what you're talking about but if they ha if they don't know what's happened you can then explain it by analogy or sort of like you know there's a way of talking about it where if they read the same book they might understand what your reaction is going to be but they don't actually know what you're going to be responding to if you know what i mean but that I think is the critical skill that you have either very consciously or uh, over time developed over the last 12 years is to be able to subtly allude to all those things without giving away anything, but have enough content to keep that interesting. And that's the, the biggest question I have yeah. is how to talk about it without actually talking about it almost. Well, here's the thing. I always rate, and here's another thing to say about incentives, the great way, the way that I rate and review the books, or I talk about the books and discuss them, but then I always give them a 100% subjective rating. Like, how much did I enjoy the book? So, 
whenever you want to talk about it, people always say, like, yeah, people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but nobody will forget the way that you made them feel. I can't remember who, where that quote comes from, famous quote. Uh, people always remember how you made them feel. And that's the kind of thing that I want to get across in my book reviews. Like, if I can tell people, if I can share people my experience of reading the book, and say to them, you too can have this same experience of reading this book, good or bad, <laughs> depending on what you want to do. So there's a form of uh, there's a form of uh, criticism, literary criticism, which which is called reader response criticism. And this is as you read through the book, you can say what is the audience thinking at this time? How much does the audience know at this time? How much information do they have? What are they thinking at this time? And it's very difficult to do if you already know the full story. Because you're like, oh, uh, uh, I always use Star Wars as an example because everyone knows Star Wars and you can't spoil Star Wars and stuff. But the whole idea of sort of like, oh, yeah, but like when Luke, when Luke is, when Ben tells Luke, oh, yeah, your father, you know, was killed by, was killed by Darth Vader. Your father, Anakin, was killed. And people are going, oh, great, like that. And you read the speculation at the time. People, nobody was saying he was the father. Nobody had any questions about that. And then you read the speculation about who Boba Fett was after Empire Strikes Back came out, but before Return of the Jedi comes out, and there's like, oh, and there is another. And people are like, who is the other? And we all know that they wrote in that the other was Leia and there was a new family member. But people are saying Boba Fett is Luke's mother in costume. And it's this crazy, crazy speculation that was going on before people didn't know before people didn't know the full story because it hadn't actually been written that's the whole thing it was, it was it's very clear that it hadn't been written it wasn't all worked out it was written as the movies went along but you've got to put yourself in the in the mindset of somebody who hasn't experienced it yet and so using this idea because i probably miss misattributing or like misusing the term of reader response but the idea of being like what response was I having at that point in the book? And I've got to put aside what I might have learned later and analyze, since yeah, since yeah. then, about like inside the book, like finishing the book, finishing the series, all that other kind of stuff. Like I had this with, with one book, I can't remember the series now, but they're like, oh, but if you get to the end of book three, you'll realize that this whole quest has been about this all along. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm halfway through book two and I'm really annoyed because I, I, don't, I, I don't yet have the full plan that the author has in mind. You know, it's a very difficult situation to be in. Somebody who is halfway through done with a story, but I always try and put myself in that person's position. And also another key thing about spoilers is that if I ever do give spoilers, if I ever do give things away that's happened in the book, I always make sure that there's like another three main factors or another three main things in the book that I don't go into. So often you'll hear me say, oh, and then there's some amazing world building. But for me, that was the most enjoyable part of the book. So I don't want to talk about the world building. I want you as a reader to experience that yourself. And also there's this annoying plot problem, which kind of spoiled the pacing or whatever, you know, whatever I want to do. Like when we just did this latest episode, these uh, of salvation, I got like Juliana started reading the book and she was like, you didn't tell me this was like Ender's Game with like children doing battle simulation training in zero G and flying around like that. And I was like, yeah, like I don't need to talk about that because I had plenty of other things 
to talk about with the book that I will leave other people to discover all the illusions to, oh, you got the book, yeah. I'll, I'll allow other people to discover those illusions and those references to other books. I, I brought up the Hyperion thing very clearly because I thought that was like the main thing, but I also could have talked about like the eight other science fiction books that I recognize in there and Juliana picked up on Ender's Game. It's very, very clear. Yeah. There are some things that I didn't pick up on. For example, the, the names of the, um, the ships, the names of the spaceships in the book are all other British science fiction authors there's the morgan mm -hmm. and the reynolds and things like that which i thought was quite quite cute which i, I didn't think, notice at the time i think one one thing that makes um the podcast that luke does with the reviewing so so impressive is it in my in my from my point of view is the way that he can abstract things and put it down to the point um and uh, and i think uh, i think that's also just in general like a a, a good rhetorical ability that as uh, you said you would use for uh, presenting to an audience that isn't in front of you um, if you have a clear structure in your head or like a uh, like some uh, yeah some structure where you know okay these are the points and by uh, going on with my what I'm talking about I'm leading people to the points yeah so I'm taking these people on the journey and uh, uh, I can go a little past here and there, but in the end, I have this this point in mind that I want to get across, and uh, and I think especially in the um, in the uh, Emma Newman books, I think that it was very very clear how how great you are with like putting like having these books, they are having a theme that the author wants to transport, and you uh, you are really really good in getting it together into into the. The points. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When I started off with the podcast, I had kind of notes that I would make or like headings that I would do because it was me. Generally, it was me talking about a book that I had read by myself. So I'd always kind of want to introduce it, and I'd be saying, "Oh yeah, the book is this," and I'd and I'd always go through these headings. Again, I don't have them in front of me, but it would be like, "What are the what are the what's the setup of the world? What's like the world building? Like what is what's where are we in the book? And then like what the overall story is about. And then I'd get into like the characters and like what I want about the characters and then I'll talk more about the t t science and technology or if it's a fantasy book the magic and talk about like the systems that are explored in the book and um, and I'll talk a bit about the writing maybe about the narration if it's an, uh, an audiobook and then I'll talk about the themes and the themes are this kind of catch-all thing that would happen at the end like and I would say oh and what the book is really about is this but sometimes I wouldn't get to it I'll be like oh yeah I kind of covered it there because it was about the world building and I already mentioned it there these days, though, I find that because it's mostly or most often me and Juliana together, and this year it has been because I've not been doing any traveling, I've not been doing any uh, podcasts by myself, it's very much I realize actually what I want to be talking about is that theme and what the book is about or what the book was about to me. And I realize that the, the earliest, and I've come, come to this conclusion literally over the last six years or whatever, it's been eight years, is that I realize the earlier in the podcast that I can introduce those ideas not bring them up specifically but kind of like get people thinking about them that later on once i've talked about oh what's the book about it's this author the writing's good when we actually get into what the meat of it is i've already primed the listener 
to have those ideas in their head. You know, I, I can do it very, very clumsily, like when we, did, when we talked about the Odyssey and I kind of tied into, oh yeah, I went to New Zealand and it was like I was talking about the big journey it took me to get back from New Zealand at the start of the, of the uh, quarantine uh, process, you know. Uh, and, and other times I've done that when, like when, I was, when we were talking about, was it Atlas Alone? And I was talking about um, like, oh, I'm talking about gaming and we were talking about our experience with gaming and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And only after that did I actually reveal that that's what the book was about. It, it's, you know, it's about that kind of stuff. So again, I think I'm maybe doing it a bit too blatantly or a bit too heavy handedly, but I really enjoy doing it. Actually, not just tying it into what the theme is, but tying it into what what my life is and like what's going on in the world with The Last Emperor, this John Scalzi book. Again, it was quite interesting to do that, to actually say, look, what like it's like three meta levels deep that I got into there. But I, I think that's very important. Like it's very it's interesting how deep you can talk about a book and an author who has done it intentionally they're intentionally doing that if you know what i mean like right. so when if an author is working at a high level uh, of they actually put a lot of thought into the themes of their book or a lot of uh, like it's it's really there, you know. It's sort of like even if they've not put a lot of thought, maybe they're just writing from the personal experience, and I can see that personal experience like um, reflected back in that way, you know. Uh, and some books take it too far, and then it's just you can just say, oh, it's just li a literary book or whatever. It's not actually science fiction anymore. It's just about someone's personal journey. But I think science fiction is great when it's talking about themes and exploring themes in a way which is i wouldn't say impossible for non-science fiction but it does it in in a way which makes me reflect and i realize over time that what i actually enjoy talking about is that more personal reflection how do the themes of this book reflect and refract through my brain and my life and mine and juliana's life and our brains and what we can do and how how early i can bring that up in the podcast like the earlier it comes up the stronger the podcasts are i think yeah, so uh, I was doing some uh, research on, on, you know, how I should present before even sending you the note that I did a little while ago. Uh, There's one famous New York Times movie reviewer. Her name is uh, Pauline Kael. Yeah. And um, her a colleague, one of the uh, one of the one of her colleagues at one point mentions that uh, I don't want to actually see a movie. I want to see a movie through the lens of Pauline Kael. So I just want to read her review of yeah. how she analyzes the movie. And at that point of time, I was binge consuming SFBRP when I read that article. And I was like, that is exactly what I feel. So you, you do take us as a listener uh, through that personal experience of, of how uh, that specific uh, book uh, reflects on uh, what you are, what you've been doing, and and the current day. Because many times you do uh, review books which are a bit dated, but these days it has been a lot of recent books as well. Um, and and I, I, I completely enjoy that part. It's like I am not going to read a book unless, you know, I can find, if, if the going through the motions of listening to your analysis of the book, like for instance, how I mean, I, I have read Hyperion, so when I was reading Salvation, I could see that immediately, and I hope we're not giving much away when I yeah. say that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we talked uh, but, about that on the podcast. Yeah, but but when you your first sentence in that in that uh, in that book is uh, and in that in that episode is Peter F. Hamilton very 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 knowingly does yeah. that, and you, yeah. and you emphasize that so much that. Um, 
I could like, wow, that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so that lens. Yeah, hyperbole uh, really helps. <laughs> uh, so yeah, here's the thing as well though. Like I say, uh, we're talking about movie reviews. Like if you, if someone, if you know somebody well enough, you understand what their point of view is even better. So if you go, oh, I'm not like that at all. So they hated that movie. So I'll probably love that movie. You know, you have that kind of opposite yes. way around as well. So that's what I'm saying. The more I bring myself into my review and people can get to know me and Juliana, uh, we bring ourselves into this, into these book reviews, actually the better reviews they are, the more useful reviews they are. Um, I think anyway, I'd like to. And, and, and one other thing which I'd like to add is um, you're very uh, honest with the reviews. Oh, there's a bunch, there's this whole community on BookTube and, and I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, parts of it who just, you know, Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, yeah. People can't see me. The record says, shaking, uh, let the record reflect that no. uh, Luke is vigorously shaking his head. No. no but anyway, carry on. I've never, watched, I've never watched a book review on YouTube or Instagram or anything like that. But Most of the time, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And, yeah, bookstagram uh, and things like that. Ooh, no right? I, I don't What know they do that. is they hold up a, a, a two pound book for about 10 minutes and talk about the book. It's probably going to hurt their arms. I feel sorry wow. for them. But uh, regardless, um, what I do find is many a time uh, they are very uh, liberal and very generous with their reviews. And in some ways, I feel like, you know, it's almost like it's John Scalzi. So I cannot give a one star review It's yeah. a, a, because I'm going to be banned by the publishing community to get advanced <laughs> research copies because I have this. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's one reason why uh, I do, do not I mean, I do not, I take it with a grain of salt when I, let's put it this way. It's not like I, I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. They're, yeah. It's, it's, and a book is a personal experience. Some people probably truly enjoy it. Some people do not. Yeah. It's, it could be the same book. It speaks to different people differently. And I completely acknowledge that. Uh, but that's the, the reason why, uh, instead of reaching out to any of, uh, those folks, I reached out to you first. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, and to be really fair, Luke made the offer that he would uh, do this podcast and kind of give me some pointers even before I uh, mentioned that I was going to be a Patreon supporter. So let the record well, this reflect way. that you, you said, have you done an episode of this? And I said, no, but it sounds like a fun episode. So we're going to do it anyway. But you're now part of the episode that let me put it that way, that you uh, that we invited you on for this call. I said, do you want to join in? And you said yes. So thanks for coming on with this. Yes, it was. Uh, yes. And, it, and and I it's and not I, because you it's not because you were uh, a Patreon supporter exactly helped, so I think but, I uh, became a Patreon supporter after yeah. the fact yeah. and <laughs> and uh, it's also because I think Luke is a super nice guy but okay uh, <laughs> um, so so I no I, let me I go back to this that, point this is, is another point talk about incentives what are the incentives for you to give something a five star review is it so that the author will send you more books in the future anyway. Bringing it back to this, I don't take submissions from publishers or authors as a rule, or as a guide, let me put it this way. Generally, I don't want that. I want to buy the book myself with my own money because, again, it is one of those things that I think that's the only way to get a, a an honest review. Because you see these things on YouTube where someone says, oh, yeah, and we're like we're doing mountain biking at the moment. So there's people like, oh, yeah, we're here. This mountain bike resort 
paid for us to be here. They've given us free lift passes. They've put us up in a hotel for three nights. And I'm here with my family on a, now a, a, an all-expensive paid family holiday. Yeah. And now we're going to review the bike park. And it looks fantastic. It's like, yeah, of course it's going to look fantastic. Yeah, exactly. you know? And the same thing, oh, like these people sent me this camera to review and we're going to give it an honest review. But I wanted to say, you know, I have to disclaim that they sent me it for free anyway. And sometimes like, ah, okay, like, yeah, if you're a professional with cameras, sometimes you're like, yeah, I, I can see that you're giving this a, a an honest review. And other times you're just like, no, nah, you're just part, you're just now part of the marketing team. Yeah. You're part of the p- publicity wing of this. Now, I realized actually, um, which I'll get into it. I, I, I don't want this podcast to go much, too much longer than an hour or something like that. But just say this, for, for good reviews and honest reviews, um, I think independence from the system is important. I'm not part of the fan community. I'm not part of the convention, science fiction convention community. I have no interest in ever going to a world con or anything like that. It seems like, uh, and from the, I just saw some bits on, online about how bad the presentation was this year because it was an online world con and stuff like that. I've got no interest in ever watching it again. And because of the and things, that's exactly the reason why not because I, I don't want to, I know it's weird to say this, but I don't even want to be associated. I don't want to ever become, I don't want to ever get into the situation where I might be friends with an author who I'm going to review, which is weird because when I hear that somebody whose book I like uh, has listened to the podcast about the book and then says, hey, you should listen to this book and something like that. I'm like, oh great, they listened to my podcast and they like enjoyed the podcast or something. And, and some some authors I have, struck up some kind of email uh, messages relationship and stuff like that. But I would never actually want to be in that position because that's that's what the entire Nebula Awards and Hugo Awards seem to all be for. It's like all the people in the in the crowd. Hugula Awards? Yeah, the Hugulas. It. Uh, like it's, like the, it, that's literally what the Nebula Awards is. It's, it's authors voting among themselves like, oh, who deserves a Nebula Award this year? This person does. Again, sometimes it rewards a good book. Sometimes it rewards a popular Yeah, what, popular was, the year when, uh, what was the year when Joe Walton won and she was just mentioning all other science yeah, fiction yeah, it, authors it was, and it, she won the Nebula for that. I yeah. mean, that, that was a... I did not enjoy that book at all. Okay, I totally understand that if people inside the scene does, because it then it reflects their reading experience. But for me, it was sort of like, oh, here's a book about someone who's read a lot of science fiction books that I've also read, and he's just listing them. But it there wasn't that... Again, even though it was a, a fictional thing, she wasn't tying it back into what was happening in her life as an author, as a, either right, as an exactly. author or as the the protagonist in the in the book. So, yeah, it's, it was disappointing. Yeah, and you get the thing with... Um, uh, um, who who wrote the when was it the graveyard book who wrote that um, Neil Gaiman yeah Neil Gaiman that's it I, I'm terrible with names Neil Gaiman he happened to win the Hugo Award for that book which happens to be the year that he was the he was the chief guester yeah he was the like guest that. of honor at that Worldcon which means that lots of people who wanted to meet him and spend time with him in a science fiction context uh-huh. would go to that Worldcon to see him and get their book signed by him and those are the people who talk about incentives like what are the incentives here for ever selecting a good book. Of course, it can change over time and things like that. And I actually think these days the the Hugo Award has got a bit better. They are actually rewarding pretty good books. But I don't want to be influenced by that. Um, I do let some awards guide what I read at some points. But again, it's mostly just because, oh, what are people reading at the moment? I want to bring it back, folks. 
What I, I want to bring it back now to reading when you said, oh, you're mostly reading recent books now. And I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, that is actually true. There's like, it used to be that there was a mix of like 50% old books and classic books and like known books from the canon of science fiction. And then the, the other half books from the last few years. And I realized- mainly, mainly because uh, you, you, uh, you gave me books that are like science fiction classics and yeah. I wanted them to read. No, but also I was, I read them. my main source of books was a second hand bookshop and that was just full of you can just read jack vance books for days or whatever yeah. like that you know no problem at all but i think what's happened recently is that i i my taste in science fiction has changed just because i've grown up and the world has grown up so then we go back and read a deepness in the sky and i'm like wow like this is really like it's really racist and sexist and everything is it's like and it's just not pleasant to read in a way that i that kind of would wash past you and just be like and again everyone can be more woke or whatever the term you want to 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 you or whatever term you want to use but as somebody who now like I, it's just really difficult for me to go back and read some of those older authors and i'm really nervous like when is it that i'm going to like go back and read you know a uh, player of games again and that's that's a 20 year old book now maybe older that's from the 90s or something like that and i'm like oh no i'm going to read player of games and it's going to be and it's going to going to feel like reading you know, A Deepness in the Sky is a book from about the same point and like which are the authors which I'm going to read and just be like, oh no, and which authors are going to be cancelled and then you start reading this book and you're like, oh, that, that, that author turns out they're really, I don't know, transphobic now and then you go back and read their books and go, oh yeah, this oh, is it, weird. It, you know, like, it, was, it was all there all yeah. along, you know. you gotta, you got to look out for Richard K. Morgan now. You're just sort of like, oh, I kind of don't want to go back and read his books now because of some of the stuff that he, you know, he's been banned Orson on. Orson Scott Card. Yeah, yeah, exactly that kind of thing. You go back and read Ender game you're like oh this is really great but also mm, the stuff that i thought was sort of just like oh quirky thought experiment stuff but when does but quirky the thought other experiment side, stuff turn the, over the other into side like, of the authors yeah. uh, uh, even if, if, if it's not necessary on topic also is in the last episode um because juliana had finished and caught up with you on on the salvation sequence yeah. she uh, she makes a very marked observation of how in the in his older books um uh, Peter of Hamilton in the in the in the Commonwealth books or the the Void books, there's this clear uh, sexism. But he has taken he's evolved as a writer along with how yeah. science fiction has evolved. And the Salvation Sequence, uh, you know, presents some of his best work in that context. That he's not alluding to any of those anymore. Well, and even if it is done, it's yeah. done in the kind of the negative context. Well, it's not yeah. just done in a negative context. He's using he's it for using it. he's using it for story purposes yes. and thematic purposes. Like what happens in, I don't want to give it away, but in Salvation Lost, the character who set up as this sort of like uh, nothing more than a sex conquest. By the end of that book, it's like a really, like that weirdly, that relationship between someone who's totally predatory and someone who's just a sex conquest. By the end of the book, you're like, oh shit, that's like, re it's like really, really like heavy but also really well done in a way which i don't know i don't think an an author who hadn't also had the experience of writing all those previous sex scenes and kind of like setting himself up and setting the audience up for it i think he's sort of like oh i can still do this but then i can subvert it in a way and bring it back more into yeah. a thematic way yeah. so yeah. um yeah i don't mind authors going on journeys and following along with that but again it, it is that kind of thing like why would i read a book which is older than i am now because a book 
I mean, there are still some books which are still very much worth reading, but those but that, ones, those ones <clears throat> will survive through time anyway. I think so. It's a weird one. But that brings a very pertinent question, and I think it can tie it back to you know about podcasting. Is for example, if it's someone you know, I'm asking you, hey, I want to start an SFF review podcast. Uh, what would you say is uh, you know so that it doesn't he or she uh, they do not come off as a complete. Uh, gaffer uh, say something to the effect of, uh, oh, this person is not able to get the context of the speculative fiction written here because he or she or they do not have the the background of science fiction reading. So would you say, okay, these are the top 25 books you should read and analyze before you start talking about science fiction reviewing? I don't think so, because I think reading those books is part of the journey. If you're taking people on a journey, why deny them that first part of the journey? One of my favorite things of like listening to a movie review podcast or something, one thing that I like at the moment is Friendly Fire because it's very it's a very specific podcast. They do war movies. That's it. It's a war movie podcast. Every time they roll a dice, they pick the movie. The next week, they talk about that movie. And it's so great when a movie comes up and they both, that all three of them have watched it before, and they were like, oh, yeah, Gladiator. We're going to do Gladiator next week. Yeah, it's great. And other times when they're like, oh, I've never I've never watched that movie, and or they, none of them have ever watched that movie, and then discovering that is the first time. And other times, which is sort of like a classic war movie, which you think any three people doing a war movie podcast, that would be on the list of obvious war movies that they've seen before. And... One of them just hasn't seen it. And they're like, what? How can you have never seen, I don't know, um, Apocalypse Now? Or what? Yeah, probably they've all seen that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like somebody not having watched Apocalypse Now and then having watched it and what? not just sort of like hearing their opinions about it, but how their view of war movies would change having never read Apocalypse Now and then having read, uh, sorry, read, watched Apocalypse Now and then watching Apocalypse Now. It's the same thing. Like if you've never read I don't know, um, the Foundation series or something, and then read it and then respond to it. You could probably say, oh, well, this is super dated. It's very boring. It doesn't really hold up. I mean, there's lots of ways that you could you could do it. Mm. Of course, we'll see what the Apple TV adaptation yeah. looks yeah. like. But uh, Also, so. I think I think uh, what what the, the good thing here is, is you, you don't have all the baggage from from the, the, the books that came before. Um, this is kind of like a little bit similar to, to books that we've read where... Um, uh, I haven't read the, uh, a book that this is heavily influenced, or I haven't read the book that, uh, you know, that if you have read a, a different book, the the book that you were then reading has an absolutely different influence. Yeah. So um, depending on where you start with your reading journey, you will have different approaches to different books. Yeah. So if we now say, okay, go and read uh, Isaac Asimov, read... Uh, 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 George Orwell, whatever, all these uh, these authors. That's a lot of uh, baggage in, your, in the back of your yeah, head. Yeah, it's like homogenizing of science fiction viewpoints and opinions. Like, so if I would say this, I would much rather say someone like you, again, I have no idea if you're interested in this about it, but you could be someone who could say, oh, I've read a lot of, I know, Indian science fiction books or whatever like that. And I can bring my, um, someone who is an Indian American. I don't know if you're an American citizen, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like your journey into this and you could use that. I mean, I am like the most boring, like straight white guy from Europe. Like I don't, I can't bring any uh, unique perspective 
to uh, my listeners, which they can't get like by literally a thousand other people also talking about science fiction on the internet. Um, but that's fine because the way that I present myself as someone who's read a lot of science fiction and has talked a lot about science fiction, nobody comes in to my podcast and goes, hmm, how many episodes of this is? Oh, 428 episodes going back to 2008. Nobody's like, oh, we're at the start of this person's science fiction journey. Nobody thinks that. And even in my first episode, it's sort of like, yeah, I've been reading science fiction for 15 years and now I want to start talking about it online. No, again, people come into my journey, me already being an established reader and established reviewer and established talker you know someone with opinions and when a book comes along and i give it five stars people know that's really worth something like say in 12 years i think there's 15 books that i've given five stars to and that is like so when when a five star book comes up people are like oh that's it that's filling a luke shaped hole in in the in the reading slot or whatever you know whatever whatever they need to put in there so yeah i don't think there should be either in the world a canon for science fiction um, and also, especially if somebody wants to start talking about science fiction, I think one of the most interesting things that they can do is take people on the journey of having never read 1984 and then reading 1984 and then hmm. saying, I've now read 1984 and my mind is blown. I didn't realize um, uh, double speak or whatever, or whatever a double thing, no, whatever, all the terms that come from there, you know, and, and all the mm-hmm. things that you go, oh, and this book was referencing that because of this, and this was referencing that because of that. Like some of that can be, some of that can be subconscious or like people have, here's the thing. I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch The Godfather for many, many, many years up until just even a few years ago, five years ago, because like I'm not interested in gangster movies because I always feel like they're glorifying violence and mobsters and stuff in exactly the opposite way that war movies do. Like war movies, like generally every war movie feels by the end of it to be an anti-war movie. Whereas every gangster movie seems to be like a pro last person with the suitcase of money is the coolest person they win at life kind of thing. And I'm like, oh no, the person who wins at life is the person who is never involved in this as well. So my view of The Godfather was this amazing movie. And my view of The Godfather now, having watched it, is that it's a good movie, but one I really, really dislike. And I actually enjoyed having not watched it more than I've enjoyed having watched it. Because I enjoyed being able to hear other people talk about it and say, oh, my favorite scene is this, and this line is amazing, and all of this is amazing about the movie, and these great moments, and these great characters. And I watched the movie, and I was like, yeah, that... that that moment you think that's amazing but for me it's just the build up to somebody being murdered and this other one is just another build up to somebody solving a problem through violence and this other thing is just a build up to somebody like beating their wife and this other one is just a build up to somebody using like the most stupid way possible of solving a situation and somebody dying and then them just moving on callously like all of these moments which people had talked about with joy and enthusiasm and I would already experienced all their joy and enthusiasm for the godfather and then I watched it and all of that was ruined like i i think i would have preferred not to have seen the godfather and so other movies like that um i'm not going to watch because i enjoy i enjoy other people's enjoyment of them more than my own enjoyment of watching them myself which is a weird way of saying this that i think nobody should probably read many more than three heinlein books but if other people want to enjoy Heinlein books and talk about that, I can get enjoyment of other people enjoying Heinlein or these other novels, if you know what I mean. But I think in some sense, it seems like a like a paradoxical, vicarious experience. I, yeah, 
Like, I'm happy that other people can enjoy Heinlein still, but I realize that there's probably only three or four books that I could go back and read now. And I say that as someone who read loads of Heinlein when I was 15 years old, because it was like, it's that Heinlein is an author for 15 year old boys. I mean, that's it. I'm now 40. Like, it's my birthday in two days' time, and I'm just a different person now. But I can still probably go back and listen to or read book reviews or hear people talking about that and it's fine so again it's a yeah it is a paradoxical thing that i can in, i i prefer not to read something and that way i can get more enjoyment out of it i think that's actually the same quite a bit with video games as well i know there's many video games that i'm never going to enjoy watching or play no not watching i'll never enjoy playing but i'll very much enjoy watching somebody play it on youtube or on a game stream or talk about it, or you know, talk about it on a podcast. Same with board games. You're a board game geek. I love board games, but only abstractly. I like reading about rules. I like talking about the game design. I like looking at the, the boxes and things like that. And I just don't have any interest in playing them, I, weirdly enough, because mm. my experience of playing board games, I, I can't turn off my an analysis, game analysis brain that he, very he much. He analyzes it so much that at the beginning he's, he's uh, playing it and then from a certain point on he will always win because then he got through, he found out the thing that he needs to be done. So he breaks the game. He I, basically breaks the really. game. Not really. I break, a, I break the bit. game at a level that when I'm playing against Juliana's, Juliana and Juliana's parents, <laughs> it's it's suddenly like something will just click after the second term and then I'll just run away with the game. And, uh, and because it's, it's not, not fun It's anymore, not fun for anyone. Know? It's not fun for me. Yes. It's not fun for Juliana and her parents and yeah. stuff like that when yeah. i could I, when i was a thing as someone who speaks german very badly but i still managed to beat them all at scrabble in german uh, just because i know wow. about, i know i know more about scrabble like i know enough about scrabble and i know some general scrabble things to do but yeah, yeah. so uh yeah the other thing one more final reason i said i didn't want to go much longer than an hour so let's wrap it up after this point uh, unless you've got some more questions um, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do the Science Fiction Book Review podcast is also just for me to have a record of what I was reading and what I had read and what my rating were and what I thought about it. And so it, it, part of that was, of course, Goodreads didn't exist at the time. And these other I'm sure there was some, you know, some note keeping apps or other ways that you could do it. And I just thought, oh, well, if I have a podcast, I'll have that. And that came from starting an Alistair Reynolds book for the third Absolution Gap. I started it for the third time. And I was like, this isn't just the third time I read it. This is the third time I was going to read it. Uh, because the last time I was going to read it, I realized I'd read it before. And now this is the second time that I started reading it and realized I read it before. So I was like, I've got to write a note, make a note that I've read you Absolution read Gap before. by Alistair Reynolds before. You know, it's just that kind of thing because I just keep going back to the book and flinging it. Oh, I've not read this. And I was like, oh, I read this a year and a half ago. You know, that was back when I was reading a lot more books. Um, so, yeah. So now, like I say, I have a list of every book and very in-depth thoughts about it. So if I ever want to go back, like, for example, his find a book that I've not read for a long time. Like Charles Stross, Singularity Sky. I gave that, what's that, 2.5 stars. I have no recollection of that book at all because I read it in 2008. Uh, I, I think there is one episode, um, the 300th episode, yeah. if memory serves right, where you and Juniana basically go over the entire list. And oh, yes. there are oh, a few yes. books where you mentioned that uh, no, no I have no recollection yeah. of the book that I've read. Yeah, but uh, most people would do also, that. Many times you also do an interesting thing where you contextualize that book in your current consumption of science fiction and kind of re-rate re it in some sense. It's like, oh, I just gave that one and a half stars. But if I were to read that today, I have the 
I, I no, would give it two and a half stars. Here's or, the thing. It's not that if I would read it to get today, but so often I'll either, if I had an overall negative experience with the book, I'll forget all the good parts of it and just think, oh, that was a shit book. And I'll go back and go, oh, I gave it three stars. It couldn't have been that bad. Or I'll have like amazing memories because I've forgotten all the bad stuff in the book. And just there'll be some like four moments in the book or like four characters or mm. four settings or like a cool science fiction thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that was really great. And I'll be like, yeah, uh, what? Well, let me just pick one out here or something like that go back to the start or something like that um yeah george r stewart i oh, know that's a book i gave really high rating but you know uh the unincorporated man i gave it three stars my recollection of that book is that that was complete garbage and like why would i ever read that book again but i gave it three stars so that's it's more of that kind of stuff that like my memory is fallible and that's why i always have to do the rating of like how much at the time did i enjoy reading it and I can't always say, how much did I enjoy talking about it afterwards? Because that's, again, I've mentioned this a few times recently. What I'm doing then is reviewing mine and Juliana's conversational abilities. Uh, because always when we talk about a book, we'll talk about it for an hour or something like that on the podcast. We will invariably talk about it for another hour or two afterwards. And it happens. And before. And be yeah, either before and after the podcast. So, like, we talk about these books a lot. We talk yeah. about science fiction a lot. We, talk we often about have conversations uh, in the car that yeah. are complete podcasts they would it would be if they recorded a complete podcast so again i can't always i can't always bring bring all of that back you know i can't always remember everything that i experienced or how i thought about a book but again i now if i want to i can go back and listen to my uh, self talk for 40 minutes about kiran yaga by mike resnick that i gave four stars to and i only barely remember anything about in fact I, now that i'm thinking about it i do remember quite a bit about that um <laughs> it, it's coming back to me but yeah look at that name of the wind king Kayla chronicles three stars i gave that i don't rem I, I only remember now like the disappointing parts of the book and me mm -hmm. ranting about the writing the, and the reading the really <laughs> the really interesting uh yeah you re you revisit your thoughts on that book in the 300th episode mm. and you repeatedly ask yuliana guess what happens in the third book? Yeah. And she's like, oh, what does? And then he goes like, we don't know. No, I still don't know. I still don't know. Yeah. No, I think... Probably uh, nothing worth doing. I think what's, what's important here about if, if you want to start the podcast, you need to make it so read, uh, listeners feel uh, there's something that they listen to that they, never, that they won't get anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, that, they, uh, that they get something new that they haven't thought of before. And I think that's that. It's it's important for you to do your own journey in that in that respect. Yeah. Is that um, nobody could say, okay, you should start here and finish there. It's like you will always come in into uh, into these into uh, like into a topic in 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 a different place than somebody else came in. Of course, due to personal personal life and experience and everything else, but also you you get to it. Uh, in a different year, you get to it in different circumstances. So everything, everywhere where you access something will always be different and will be yours. Yeah. And I think uh, that's important to note here. Yeah, like uh, uh, some other general uh, bits of advice is that, like I say, part of why you're doing this is to get good at doing um, recordings. So good sound quality is good for me. 
weirdly enough, sound quality isn't a major factor. Like I, I want it to sound good, but getting it done is more important. So I, one of the skills that I want to do is to get good enough at this that I don't have to do a lot of editing. Like for example, I started recording an hour and nine minutes ago with you, and this is it. This is the, this is the podcast. This isn't being edited. Like I have to get the introduction right. We'll get the outro correct and stuff, and all of our thoughts are right here. If I started editing it. I know all my vocal tics. I'm erming and umming a lot. And I always say in stuff like that and things like that. I always go in stuff like that. Like I have so many and stuff like that because that's my mental tick of saying something to continue on with the next. It's like, uh, you know, it's like French people going, uh, you know, like in between what they say, you know. Yeah. So uh, for me, not editing is something which makes it manageable because it means I don't have to listen back through to it again. I, I stop recording Things like that is a regular feature. Well, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, it, the the recording the recording process is the editing process, and I built that into the very start of the podcast that I wasn't going to be edited it, editing it. Um, sometimes there'll be some things that I'll have to edit out, but generally, as a rule, I don't. Uh, sound quality is something that is less important than it being recorded, which is a weird way to say that if I have to fiddle for an hour to do a forty-minute podcast. That's the wrong way around. What I need to do is have the setup ready to go. And me and Juliana are constantly fighting the audio setup in this office. Uh, again, we're just doing it into one microphone now because it's easy with Skype. But for this episode, it doesn't matter. We're doing it into one episode. It might be a bit more echoey. Juliana might be a bit quiet. I might be a bit loud. Your audio might not be perfect, but that doesn't matter. Done and recorded is more important than audio quality. And no other podcaster will ever tell you that. They're like, oh, you've got to get a good microphone, do all this kind of stuff. No, content is king and getting it done is more important than not. Like, Here's the thing. We moved house last year or this year. We were buying a house last year and we were looking at the list of all the houses. And I was saying the house existing and we can move into it is for me like one of the highest priority things because all the others are like, oh, this is a house, but it's just a sample house. You'll get this apartment, but it's not built yet. And I'm like, oh, so I don't know what the view is going to be. You know, you can look at a plan, but you don't know what the house is going to be. For example, there was an apartment that we looked at and I was like, oh, the window opens in a different way. Like this, this door, like this window door patio opened from the wrong side. I was like, in the plan, it said the hinge was this side, but actually it's on that side. So this whole entire wall is now useless. So this entire room couldn't be used for what I was expecting it to be used for. And therefore, this apartment isn't good enough for this. But you can only do that when it's done. You can only learn stuff if it's done. So that's why I always have audio quality secondary. Editing, secondary. Um, the schedule of when stuff happens, secondary. What, what is most important is that you make it easier for yourself to keep doing it. You put in place incentives. Starting a podcast when you're dreading that there's going to be a two-hour editing process at the back end of it means that you, you, won't, you won't start the podcast. And I know this because once I started a podcast called Luke Around the World, and that was a travel podcast, and each new place I'd go to, I'd do a podcast. And the idea being that each podcast would come with a blog post where I'd share my photos. And the podcast was really fun to record because I just talked to like, oh, I've been to, you know, Antarctica is one of the places. I've been to Antarctica. Let me talk for 10 minutes about my experience in Antarctica. Really great. And then it would take me like two hours to put together the blog post with all the photos in it and upload all the photos. And I did like 10 episodes. I kept it for about a month and then stopped. And I was like, right. No way, not doing that again. Another podcast that I did was Luke's Creative Podcast, where I talked to other people, other creative people to have conversations pretty much like this. This podcast would fit perfectly in that because it's talking to creative people about their creative process and why they do stuff. 
And again, way too much editing, way too much work. Had to find people to talk to, do the editing. I did one which was me writing a song. So I wrote an entire song and recorded myself doing it. And that was like, was a long recording process. And then also a massive long editing process to get down to like recording a song and what that was like. So yeah, a lot of these things, you can set yourself up with too much work. Reduce the work, reduce the cognitive load on your brain. And by doing that, you can make it very easy for yourself. You do computer programming and stuff like that, I'm sure. So you can make some some ways. Like I, I make all the blog posts are generated automatically. The website works mostly automatically. I do some data entry, but it's it's pretty easy. And that means all the all the web stuff is 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 created for me in a way. And I say having a list of every book that I've ever reviewed on one page, the episode list for me is invaluable. Like I wouldn't be able to do this. I don't know how other podcasts do it where they don't know every single topic that they've ever covered in one page. You know, it, for me, it's crazy that other podcasts don't do that. But, you know, actually the incomparable does do that. They have this whole database, you know, you can look things up. You can yeah. look up authors or topics or yeah. books and stuff. So yeah, there's just I a few things. I also think maybe uh, start small, start like with some uh, like, you know, you don't, you, you, you can grow into it. Uh, that's what I try to say. Uh, uh, and, and you will grow into it at the beginning. It might feel a bit like humbly and stumbly, but it, it will, it will get more fluid uh, the more you do it. It's yeah. Just, I, practice. yeah, you get to practice. practice. I recorded six episodes. In fact, I could probably see here at the start cause the, the dates are wrong. Cause I actually recorded like five or six. The first Dune episode is the one that really starts becoming bigger. Yes. I actually agree with you. I would say that if you're going to, if you're going to go back and, uh, yeah, Frank Herbert, if you're going to go back, the first 10 episodes, I really didn't know what my voice was or what I was talking about on the podcast. And then all of the podcasts, like the first ones, 11 minutes and 12 minutes and 10 minutes and 12 and 13 and stuff like that, Fire in the Abyss is a bit, a bit, old, a bit longer. But yeah, and suddenly June comes up and it's a 30-minute podcast. And I realized this, is, this was where the podcast really kicked off. But those first episodes, I, I, the date that I have there on the blog post is the 1st of January, the 2nd, the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th. Uh, so that, oh, five episodes then. Yeah, so I did five episodes at the start just to have something in the bank and just to go, how much can I actually talk about? How much do I want to talk about these books? And I thought I wanted to talk about all these books for about 10 minutes because I wanted it to be a snapshot, like for people to go, oh, what's this book about? And they could listen to 10 minutes and go, yeah, that sounds my, like my kind of book. But yeah, it was it was like from episode uh, episode eleven really, where I was contrasting Hunters of June, which I think was the first book. Oh no, no, it was it was a later it was a later June book that they sent me, Paul of June or whatever it was, uh, where they actually sent me a book. Uh, that was my first, and I thought it would be my last last ever book that I would ever get from a publisher. Um, yeah, Paul of June. Yeah, uh, that was about that was later on in the year. After a year, I got sent a book and it was garbage. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> of course, these days you can sign up for NetGalley and get books for free if you're reviewing them and things. Anyway, so yeah, record five or six episodes just for you, but not just for you, but like to make sure that you understand. And then, like I say, after about five or six episodes, you might start understanding what the podcast is actually going to be. And at that point, you can either discard those ones or put them out, but say, like, put them out as pre-production or beta episodes or something like that, or beta episodes, if you want to say it that way. Uh, and then you can go, oh, right, now I know what the podcast is. This is episode one. And again, for me, it was pretty much episode 11 is episode one. That's where you should go back. And that's where I kind of found my voice as a podcaster for the first time. But it's interesting that you said the same thing, that Dune is the first one where you go, oh, this is the science fiction book for your podcast. Before then, it's it's like a different thing for those first 10 episodes. It's yeah. kind 
kind of like the podcast is finding you like you I, I personally yeah. and then I personally enjoy the longer uh, episodes a lot more only because I use it while I am either commuting or running and yeah. it's it's nice to have something consistent during that time so uh, yeah you know you're gonna run, you're gonna run nice. for 30 minutes and you're, you're gonna start the podcast and you're not gonna run out by the end it's gonna be one right I don't yeah. want to keep changing what I want yeah. to listen to and yeah. stuff yeah all right, then. I think that's all of the advice that I've got. Do you have any last questions or should we wrap it up there? I think we can wrap it up there. That answered a lot of my questions. Thank you. What we should do is we should check back in with you in maybe, I don't know, 10 episodes time. Uh, and, Sounds like a plan. And see how many episodes, or maybe at the end of the year, maybe, I don't know, when, when like at the end of the semester, I don't know. You could, we how, can... about, how about this? Um, I, from what I have heard of... Um, your guys, uh, you guys talking about uh, the salvation sequence, October yeah. 27th, the third book comes out. Yeah. And uh, I will also plan to read it around that time frame. And whenever you guys are doing that episode, maybe I can just pop in and say hello. Okay, that's that sounds, sounds that sounds fun. We can do we can do an update update with you around about the same time. And maybe, maybe uh, I'll listen to your podcast about it as well. So we could uh, you could uh, you can, if you do a podcast about salvation series, that maybe that's uh, maybe that's what we need. All right then. So we've got a plan for the future. We're going to check in with you in October uh, and see how far you are on your science fiction book review podcast project of your own. You've got to come up with a oh. different name than science fiction book review podcast. Though <laughs> yeah. you can. Uh... Yeah, it's it's interesting. Maybe it could be uh, there are these there are a lot of these late night shows in in American uh, network TV. Uh, yeah. All of them run at the same time. And one of them is a late night show. Yeah, another, and the another late one is night another, show. the late night show. Maybe yeah. I can be and something then the else. Late, no, the late kidding. late show. Yeah, you you can be a science fiction book review podcast, and we'll be the science fiction book review podcast. Some different uh, different different articles at the start. Yeah, that's good. All right then. So let's wrap it up there. Hopefully, people have enjoyed this one-off weird episode, one-off special episode, which we'll call something like um, "How and Why We SFBRP" or something like yeah. that. Uh, so we'll, we'll pick a good name for that one. Otherwise, yeah, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. Juliana is J-U-K-U Berlin. Uh, J-U-K-U Berlin. Same on Instagram. I'm also not juggling Luke on Instagram. I saw a, a Science Fiction Book Review podcast listener just uh, followed me on there today. I recognize Ooh, them. Nice. No, I don't recognize them. But they're not a juggler and they're, they're obviously <laughs> a, a, a podcast listener too. Yeah. So, and uh, Goodreads. Yeah, Good Goodreads have... become our friends on Goodreads as well. Suggestions um, for us. Suggestions for us to read. And uh, again, this whole thing came about because um, Siddharth uh, said, hey, have you done a, this podcast episode? It was just an email out of Lou saying, hey, uh, have you ever done this? I'd like to pick your brains about it. Or, you know, or have you talked about this in a past episode that I've not got to yet? And that was the inspiration. So, yeah, send podcast ideas to Luke at juggler.net or there's a on Goodreads, there's an SFBRP listener group there. Drop in books you'd like to see reviewed in the thread called Books I'd Like to See Reviewed. Um, so that's a great way to do it. And of course, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burge if you want to give us financial support. Or, and that's a really good way for us to, if you've got a book topic or a, like a book review that you'd like to do, again, don't suggest books that you know I'm going to hate. I want, your, I want to be guided in your book enthusiasm. Um, so that's it. Right, that's it for me. Um, uh, Oh, we've got three people on here. So you've got, I'm going to say that we're going to do this. I'm going to say my juggling sign off, which is I'll catch you next time. If people haven't worked out, that's a juggling thing. Catch you next time. That's my thing. And then Juliana says goodbye. And then you've got to say it. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. That's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening. And I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.
Goodbye. Thank you for having me this time and all the best in all podcasting and everything that you see ahead.